Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Zeal Talk. I'm David Wessels, joined by my buddy, co-host, Austin Homer. What's up, man? Um, we got a, an interesting episode today, something that um, I talk a lot about with the, the athletes I train, but also just different coaches um, that I talk to, and I talk to, um, we talk about a lot, but uh, it's kind of the idea of athletes that are making changes or working with an outside coach um and then when they get back to their regular season having to have sometimes difficult conversations with um their high school coach their college coach travel ball coach whatever it is um about the changes that they're making and how sometimes um explaining that can be seen as uncoachable or like disrespectful or what it is so i want to make an episode where we kind of just discuss um what's the best way to talk to a coach like how can you inform a coach of the changes you made the things that you're trying to work on the things you spend all offseason working on um without being disrespectful without seeming like you're uncoachable um just so like everyone can be on the same page and again the focus can be on getting the results and letting the athlete be in charge of their own career um and we're going to get your your side of it from more of a pro ball perspective you've had these similar conversations we'll hear some stories about that but um i'm gonna have you kick it off talk a little bit about how that happened with you and your career. And then we can, um, we'll expand. I'll talk a little bit about what I try to tell the kids I train here when they go to high school ball or travel ball and uh, what kind of bounce around back and forth. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back on it, I probably would have approached it differently than I did. Yeah. Um, I was young and it wasn't a bad conversation that I had, but uh, I could barely remember t- like, working on a swing change through an off season and going back to early spring training with the Yankees. And I could really take in like one of the best rounds of BP I took in a long time where it was just like out of five, I probably hit like four homers and it was like middle of the field balls driven with backspin, like felt really good teammates coming up to me. Like, dude, your swing looks really good. Like what'd you work on? And then, you see someone down the left field line just like shaking their head like and to me it frustrated me because it's like I worked really hard this off season to fix some things like deficiencies in my swing and you have someone who makes decisions on where you play and where you go in your career shaking their head not knowing what you're doing and then I had to have a tough conversation with him where I told him, look, look, I'm not, he told me that I don't know what type of hitter I am. Yeah. And at that point in time, like, I don't think anyone knew what type of hitter I was. I was still young, still growing into my body. Still, you know, I was 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Um, but I remember having to go to him and say, I'm not trying to hit home runs. I'm just trying to hit the ball hard with good spin in the air. Yeah. And he still somewhat had like some pushback for me. And I remember it vividly. And I wish that I would have handled it differently. If I could go back, I would probably have the conversation before he saw me took BP. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's definitely a difficult thing. And I, I dealt with it personally in my experience, not necessarily from a head coach, but, um, coaching coaches on the coaching staff, but, um, in probably the same way as you, I probably didn't necessarily handle it the right way. But at the end of the day, how I felt, probably how you felt, was like, 
it's my career. Like I have one shot at this, whether it's I play four years in college and I'm done, whether it's I'm playing in high school and I'm done, whether it's playing eight, nine years, whether it's playing 20 or whatever it is, like you're the in the driver's seat of your career. For sure. So like if you have something that you want to work on and something that you've seen good results doing, and then you go back to your team and you hear like, oh, you're not, I don't want you to do this, change this, this, and that. Like, I don't like your swing. I don't like what you're trying to do. And just like discredit the work that the athlete put in. I just feel like that's not fair. No. And I think, I always tell my guys, like, there is definitely a way to inform a coach what you're doing. There's different ways to go about it. Um, and I can kind of break down what I tell my athletes. Because there was a lot of guys that were like, hey, like, we started early, like, off or off-season work or preseason work with high school. And they're like, my coach, like, saw a drill I was doing and, like, didn't like it. Or, like, they saw whatever it is, some swings I took and I wasn't hitting the ball on the ground. They didn't like that, whatever it is. And they're like, what do I do? And I say like, you can tell them in a respectful way, like, why do you think there's nothing wrong with asking why? Like, why do you think I should hit the ball on the ground more? That's something I wish I asked growing up. Like I was just told hit ground balls and I did it. Um, and I, I wish I asked like, why do you want me to do that? And if they can't give you a legit reason, like, um, or if they get defensive for you asking why, that's also a red. Because I said so is not a good reason. Yeah, because I said so is not. If it's like, hey, I see like you're getting under the ball. That's a cue that helps some guys I work with. Okay, that's fine. And you can say, you know, well, this off season I've worked for, you know, the last four months, the last six months, whatever it is, like really trying to do this, this, and this. And hopefully you're in a position where you work with a hitting coach where you know what you worked on. So like I always say, like my guys usually can recite what they've worked on. Repeatable. They know their cues. They're the things they need to focus on. So typically, I'm like, you should be able to tell your coach, like, this is the these are the things I worked on. I don't really tell people to crush home runs or hit the ball in the air launching. I don't I don't teach that stuff. So like for me, I'm like, just tell them like you're trying to hit consistent line drives of backspin because that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to be as consistent behind the ball as possible. And that's one way of going about it for me. And I think that there has been some guys where their high school coach was like, oh okay, that's fine, like sounds good. And I respect those coaches because, like, if if a kid tells you, like, hey, I'm really working hard on this and you're able to be like, okay, sounds good. Well, the, the biggest thing for the biggest thing for kids and pros alike is to, like, have something that they're working on and, like, working towards. Yeah. Like, if, if you have something that you're working on and you have purpose behind your work, no coach should be upset or bothered by that. No. You know what I mean? Like, and another thing with me is, like, when you go outside of like from the pro from the pro ball standpoint, when you go outside of the organization to figure out what best works for you, like I started to think later in my career, like I've tried all the things you guys have asked me to do. I've tried spreading out. I've tried leg kick. I've tried the heel lift. I've tried all this stuff, and and necessarily it hasn't necessarily worked for me. So I got to a point where like if I'm gonna fail. I'm going to fail doing it my way. So I could, cause at the end of the day, like I have to look in the mirror yep. and be okay with it. And I could say, well, at least I was doing what I wanted to do and how, and I, what I felt comfortable with. And if I fail that way, so be it. It just wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't meant to be, but I'm not going to continuously try to be so coachable that I lose sight of who I am in that process. If yeah. that makes sense. hundred percent. And then like, I, in that kind of thing is, I feel like if a coach gets so upset that you're not doing what they say, to me, like I said, that's a red flag. But 
I feel like it's an ego thing. It's, it's a ego, pride, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's definitely that. So here's the playbook if you feel like your coach has an ego thing where they're like, no, I want you to do this. Um, again, the whole goal is to be respectful. I, you should never be like, no, I know what I'm doing. Like, if you do that, you're in the room. But like I said, there's a way to go about it. Most coaches, and I always tell guys this, like, they will um, – They'll be, say you're hitting in the cage and they're standing by the turtle or something and tell you, hey, you get on top of the ball, whatever. And if you say like, oh, okay, and take your swing the exact same way that you did and you hit a barrel, I guarantee that that coach is going to be like, yep, good, see? I told you, good job. It happens so much. So like, if you know and have a plan, now some some athletes, kids, especially high school kids, like don't have a plan, so maybe what they're telling them, like listen to them. I'm not saying don't listen to your coach ever. But like, if you, this is for the athletes that, High school kids, I have a lot of kids that train year-round with me and are with their high school coach or their travel ball coach for a couple, like, two months, three months. Like, so I think the guys that train with me year-round have a little bit better idea what they need to focus on than, like, the coach that has to deal with 20 kids that for two months. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And more so probably focusing on winning games. So just kind of focusing on, like, okay, I know what I need to focus on if he tells me, like, hey – get on top of the ball, like swing down, like throw your hands, whatever. It's a lot of the cues that my guys get told to do. Um, and you say like, okay, and then hit a line drive in the middle part of the field. They're probably going to be like, yes, yeah, see how you're blah, blah, blah. And you just go, okay, yeah, they don't need to know. You don't need to be like, I'm not thinking that. Yeah, uh, there doesn't need to be like a issue. Half the time it's an ego thing. I, I'll tell you right now, like low line drive solves, solves a lot of problems. Yep. Right? It's like if your work is, if your work is low line, low line drives, like, in the game, you'll be a little bit higher because everything speeds up. But, like, I never met a coach that hated five line drives through the middle of the field. At exactly. A round. Yeah. And you can do that. Like, if you're, if you're really locked in with your swing, whatever you work on, like, you can do that. Yeah. As a hitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I can sit there and try to launch balls, and then, like, that's going to be a problem, right? Someone thinking, like, oh, he's just trying to hit homers. Yeah. But I could take that same swing and hit low line drives. And there'll be no problem with it. Exactly. And I think I, there's a situation of a college kid that I have that I know his coach definitely doesn't agree with some of the stuff I teach. And he had told him, like, I want you to do things a certain way. And the t- kid had told him he was working with me. And I respect that coach because at the end of the day, that coach cares about results. And when they do live at-bats and live scrimmages, he's backspinning the ball everywhere. He's lining the ball everywhere. He's hitting some bombs. Like, at the end of the day, the coach is like, just keep doing what you're doing. That's fine. Like, you might do a drill that doesn't look exactly right, or I might not exactly like your swing, but, like, you're getting results. So those are the coaches where it's like, I'm not telling coaches, like, oh, just be hands-off and don't help kids. And I'm not saying that coaches don't have the best interests in mind. For but sure. it's sometimes difficult when, especially at the high school level, like, if a kid is working on something for a year and you're with them for two months and you're going to try to tell them that, no, this is what's best, and not at least hear them out, what they're trying to work on. Well, I can tell you a difficult. I can tell you an Aaron Judd story. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, and I'm not saying this to throw anybody under the bus, and I'm going to keep names out of it. But when he, after his rookie year, he had that oblique that sat that sat him out for the rest of the year, yeah. and in that off season, he wasn't happy with his results when he got to the big leagues. Yeah. When he first got there, he struggled, yeah. and he's admitted that he struggled. Um, and he went to that off season, went for Went to outside help, changed a lot of stuff in his swing. Yeah. A lot of stuff. He came back looking completely different, and he had 
weird drills that he did. And there was a lot of people scratching their heads and wondering why he was changing, you know? And for him, he, more power to him, he stuck to it. Yeah. And he ended up winning rookie of the year. But like during spring training, there was a lot of commotion about what he was doing in the cage and the open 45s and yeah. doing certain drills that weren't normal drills to the people that were there. Yeah. And they were so confused and wondering why, like, you got to the big leagues doing this. Why would you change? Well, because he wanted to be better. Yeah. And it worked out and he stuck with it and he did it respectfully, you yeah. know, and he ended up winning rookie of the year. So it's like, you got to realize that if the guys that are coaching at the highest level possible, right? Big leagues is yeah. everybody's goal. Yeah. And they run into a guy who does stuff that they don't like, like they don't know about or they don't, they don't understand it. They, all of them, all of this, it's bad. It's not going to work because they'd never seen it work before. Yeah. So like if those guys don't necessarily know like everything, how's a D3 coach or a high school coach going to know everything? Yeah. Right. So like keep that in mind when you're, when you're working on your swing, if you go for outside help somewhere, like you might do drills that look funky to people and people don't understand it. Yeah. But if it helps you be a better player, then everybody should be on board. Exactly. And if, if the goal is training, training athletes, like for them to be their own best hitting coach, we always talk about, yes, if that is the goal, then the hitting, the hitter should know best, like what they need to think, feel to keep themselves locked in. And if that means a little funky, whatever. But I feel like as a coach, especially at the college level, like your goal should be to win games. Yeah. If, if person's hitting the ball, who yeah. cares? And I'll tell from my personal experience, when I changed my swing, again, D3 level, when I changed my swing and had some pushback with it. Um, There's always going to be pushback. Yeah. yeah. Right? I had I had some pushback with it, but I hit. Yeah. If you hit, you probably won't get they won't care. But like, at the end of the day, like, if you're struggling, they're going to be there to, you know, be in your ear and let you know. But I told you so. Yeah. But it's like, at the end of the day, if you hit the ball. I know what I, what I would say is, like, trust your work, too. Yeah. You know, like, if you worked on something for four and a half months yeah. leading into spring training or your spring season or wherever, whatever, your, your high school season, if you worked on something for four months, like, it doesn't make sense to give up after two weeks exactly like you worked on it for yep. four months like you have to give it time to like manifest in the game yeah right because your work in here isn't necessarily the same as in the game like hitting inside versus outside is big difference yeah all right hitting off an arm versus a machine big difference so like you have to allow yourself to feel that stuff out and understand that like it might not be great right away but no trust your work yeah no i agree 100 percent and that's where I feel like, too, like, if you're a coach listening to this, like, don't be so quick to get offended. Yeah. If. For what? For what? Yeah. Like, I would. Try to understand. more. Like, to me, the best coaches that I've ever had have been the guys that, like, ask me questions. Yep. Why are you doing this? What are you looking to get out of this drill? Why are you doing, like, to try to understand because they're trying to help me yeah. be my best version of myself. They're not asking questions to cut you up and make you feel like crap that you're right. not doing what they think is right. And that's where I feel like, like even this year I was able to um, help out with the school I went to and do some hitting stuff. 
Um, I went during the fall and worked with a bunch of their hitters. And I tried, at least for the most part, to talk to each hitter what they've tried to work on in the past. And some of them were like, I'm lost. Like, I want you to do whatever you want. And that's fine. We, we dove in. We did stuff. I remember doing a drill with one of their, their kids, and he said, like, the lower half stuff you're doing, like, I've never been good at thinking that. And I said, oh, okay, like, what did that usually cause? And he said, I get stuck on my backside. I couldn't fire from there. And I said, like, what do you like to do now? And he kind of mentioned the things he liked to do. The kid was raking in the fall. I didn't get offended. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, let's find a way to morph the upper half stuff that we've been working on that is clicking in your head. Let's get that to morph to how you like thinking about the load and your like hitting your strike, whatever it is. And that's I did not get butt hurt. Now, if it was two years ago when I first started, I probably would have been like, this kid thinks he knows better. Because to be honest, like that's probably how it would have been. But now when I realize like... But that's growth, right? Yeah, I guess it's growth. It's like, it's it's about the athlete. It's always about the athlete. So and if, if your kid's performing, who cares if I said like, well, he's doing what I said. If you're a coach, it should, be, it should be athlete first. And there's, on the pro ball side, there's, there's more politics than you think, yeah. right? Someone wants to put their, like, wants to attach themselves to you. Yeah. Like... Usually hitting coaches gravitate towards the good hitters because if they do good, then it looks like they're doing their job well, right? And I understand that. I get that. It's job security. Like, this is your job. You want to be good at your job, and you gravitate to the people that – but, like, to me, it's like it needs to be about making everyone their own individual hitting coach like we've always talked about and then, like, not letting your ego as a coach get in the way of development of a player. Yeah. And I'll say this from like a business marketing standpoint, I've gotten more new clients from a kid that was really bad that I helped him become a good hitter than any pro hitter I've worked with. Yeah. 100%. I've had more people come in and be like, oh, you worked with so-and-so and like I saw him two years ago and he was rough and yeah. he was one of our best hitters this year. Yeah. I've gotten more people from that like, well, my son's struggling and this kid was really struggling and he's... Then people being like, hey, I see you work with Cito Culver. Hey, I see you work with whatever whatever pro guy it yeah. is. Like, which is crazy because most people are like, I got I got to attach my name to these good players so it looks good. It's like if you're trying to – if you're a coach trying to work with more athletes, if you're a private guy on the private side, I've been there. Like just help the athlete in front of you. Yes. People are like, oh, this kid's not good. Or maybe you're like, I'm not working with the best athletes. Like how am I going to grow my name? Like if you focus on the right thing and that just get the athlete that's in front of you better – the rest will take care of itself because you probably end up getting those better hitters and yeah, you know, whatever. But like I said, like it's, it's the, the hitters that aren't as good that you turn into good hitters that get more people in here to work with you then. 100%. So like just being like, Oh, I only want really good hitters so I can latch my name. So that will get me more. I promise you. Like that's just the wrong mindset. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are like that, but well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like human nature, right? Yeah. So I'm, I, I think that as far as like, communicating your with your coach like the only way you can do that is if you know what you're doing right so like if you work on stuff for four months like you better be able to like tell them exactly what you're trying to do yeah because then it's hard to have pushback as a coach like well damn like he really has got a plan he has a plan yeah and like that's that's probably like the biggest thing for hitters like work with a plan have a plan like that's probably one of the most important things yeah so like if you have that and you have uh video proof of what you're trying to work on and how it helps you and things of that nature and you can explain to your coach why you're doing what you're doing yep 
it makes it easier for that coach to be like, okay, I'm going to let him go do that. Yeah. So that's another way to, to like communicate with your coach. Like, and I would say do it before you start hitting. Before yeah. he starts seeing you do drills that are funky or. Yeah. Before he starts, like, before he even sees, sees the swing change, like, hey, can we sit down and talk? Like, I, I worked really hard this offseason on some things that I just want to let you know where I'm at and what I'm working on and what my plan is. Yeah. And then who, yeah. who's going to be mad about that? No, because that gets rid of the agenda. I think the second that a coach, especially if they've been coaching for a while, sees a drill that they don't like or looks weird to them, their first thought is probably, oh, he's a he's a new school launch angle, hit home runs guy. He got it off Instagram. Yeah. He got this drill off Instagram. Right? Like, that's a he got this girl off social media. He doesn't know why he's doing it. But if you go in there and you're like, this is what I worked on this offseason. This is why I'm doing it. I felt like I was this up last year, and I need to be more this. Have it all laid out. What is the coach going to say? No, you're wrong. You're wrong. No. It's hard to do that. And maybe he might have more respect for you yeah. for putting in the work in the offseason and having a plan yep. that he just allows you to do what you – and then, like, now you can – take a deep breath and not have to worry about him reacting a crazy way when you take when you do yeah, that drill. he'll probably give more grace to see and let you kind of feel it out and okay it might be a little weird drill but like he talked to me like let's let him play it out and then if again if you get results because it's communication right yeah because ego ego comes into play when there's like lack of communication yeah if you just show up and all of a sudden if you show up and you were really tall last year and you hit okay and then next year you come up and you're like really spread out yeah. and you never told them why you're doing it then it's like, wait, hold on, what's going on? Yep. But if you sit down and have a conversation, yep. and it's like, well, this, this, and this is why I'm doing it, and it helps me stay behind the ball, and it helps me drive the ball better to the big part of the field. And if anything, too, like, yeah, you might get more grace but from the coach, but it might help, it will help him coach you better. For sure. That everyone has knowledge, like, like we've said before, like taking the knowledge that people are telling you and filter it out yourself if you have that base and that plan, things you know you need to work on because they might give you an approach thing with the things you've been working on swing-wise that clicks. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, if you have that conversation, you lay out, this is what I'm working on, this is what I need to, like, then coach might be like, hey, okay, that's awesome. And then be like, hey, like, you look like you're losing your backside. Right, right. When you, you just be a little bit lower in your word. Yeah. Like, don't be so yeah. up. Like, be a little bit lower. Yep. That's okay. Like, hey, you look like you're pulling off everything. Like, you said you were trying to stay up the middle, like, keep working up the middle, whatever it is. And if he doesn't understand, like, the mechanical stuff that you're doing, like you said, he can give you, like, an approach thing. Yep. Like, where where maybe it'll, like, he can, he, like you said, he can coach you better. Yeah. Because he's not going to mess with your mechanics because he sees that you put in time, effort, you know what I mean, to yeah. lay out what you're trying to do. And I don't know any coach that gets mad about someone putting in work. Exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I and I think that, again, this is really good for athletes to hear. I think it's really good for coaches to hear, like, don't be so quick to just take offense. Like, if they're – and like you said, it's better if you talk ahead of time because if they're – it's tough to have this conversation and think your coach isn't going to take offense if they're like, hey, I want you to think about throwing your hands a little bit more, and you're like, well, no, I was working on this. Well, that's just going to annoy them. Like, again, you, yeah, you don't want to have – you don't want to have these like, conversations during batting practice. Yeah. Like in between rounds. Yep. Hey, Trout, why are you doing that? Like, no, if you talk to him before, now he's going to let it, he's going to want to see it yeah. first. So he's not going to say anything yeah. at first. And maybe two or three days into it, he'll say, hey, like, you're, you're hitting the balls too high. Yeah. Like, let's let it, let's like get our launch angle down a little bit. Yeah. 
and let's see how that works. And then, you know, he won't say anything about your mechanics because you have a plan. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think that's the best. I think that's the best way to go about it as a as a player, especially if a player is making a big swing change. Yeah, that it's visible to like the eye. Like mm-hmm. some people make swing changes and it's not visible as yeah. much. But like like I said, if like your setup is way different. Yeah. And you hadn't talked to him about it, and all of a sudden he just sees you. That's just like human nature is to be like, wait, wait, what what's going on? Why are you doing that? Yeah. You know what I mean. But if you told him beforehand, now he's gonna l- let it play out. And then what happens if you rake? And then now he starts coming to you like, hey, can you tell so-and-so what you're thinking? Or can you try to help so And it just makes everyone better. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I agree. I definitely agree. So like I said, I think this is an important topic for um, coaches to hear, for players to hear, even parents. Like, let's do, real quick, let's wrap up with just kind of the parents' perspective. Some, like, a lot of... Parents are paying a ton of money to work with coaches. I know, like, I always tell parents, like, I'm thankful and, and respect them for investing the money to help their kids train and do better. But um, sometimes, too, like, if the athlete's putting in all the time and work, too, and, like, know what they're working on, don't be so quick after one bad game or one bad at bad, be like, your hands are up and are yelling at them. Like, have that conversation with your parent. Most of the parents I work with, I feel like, um, are on that same page where the athlete is has that communication like this is what we're working on okay cool and they're like okay sweet but i think if like, you, i think if you want to be involved as a parent with the progression of your of your of your sons or daughters swings in their work if you want to be in like you have those parents that like want to be involved yeah right like you want to be a part of it that's my good. and that's and i i love that but i think the best thing that parents can do is get video yeah if you're at the games yeah get video yeah don't just sit there and Tell them, oh, you're doing it. Get video. Yeah. Don't say anything during the game. Get video. And then after the game, show him the video. Yeah. And he might say, like, a parent might, if they don't know the full thing, what you're working on, like, might be like, hey, your back leg looks a little weird on this swing. And they can be like, oh, no, that's fine. It was an off-speed pitch. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, instead of, instead of like, yelling or telling them that, because if, if a parent comes here and watches them work all off season and they know what the swing looks like and yeah. in the game it doesn't look like what it was what you worked on and they're so quick to be like, well you did you're not doing like you did this and this and this and it's just like allow take the video and allow them to tell you what they think is, and then you can still give your thoughts. You can still give your thoughts after, but allow him allow him to try to because we're we're talking about making hitters their own hitting coach. Yeah. So. Let them voice their opinion about the video first. Yeah. And then you can say, well, remember this drill that you did? And remember that then it's more of a conversation and it's not like you like jumping down their throat about, oh, we we, we spent so much money on you hitting. You're not doing this. That, yeah, that's not going to help any. That's not going to help anyone. Or just telling them like, <laughs> anyway, we, we can do an episode. Yeah. Like another, another time. But no, this is a shorter episode, but I think an important one that kind of has been in different conversations I've been having outside of the place. And we talked about a little bit here where I, I was like, we need to just like sit down and make a, a video. So again, if you're, if you're an athlete and you've worked your butt off this off season or maybe for a year and you're feeling really good where your swings at, this changes you've made, but you're a little bit anxious, a little bit worried about going into a season and the coach, and your coach getting mad at you or thinking you're uncomfortable. Like this is the episode for you. Yeah. Have that conversation beforehand, have the conversation beforehand, be like, respectful tell them what you've been working on and worst case scenario if they have that kind of 
anger towards you or like seems like they're against you like and they tell you to make a little change like you could always say like okay sounds good do your same swing and if you hit the ball you'll probably be okay and line line drives no one's mad at line drives up the middle yeah so when you go into your when you go into your season you get back in front of that coach and you tell him what you worked on and your bps if you hit line drives up the middle there's no way he can be mad that works in every situation in baseball 100 percent, 100 percent. And then, not that you're going to do that in the game. Like, you might launch in the game. Yeah. But in BP, just so that you keep him somewhat off your back, like, no one's mad about line drives with the middle. No. At the end of the day, if you're hitting, no one's going to say anything. So, again, so be proactive. Guys that are working their butts off, like, keep grinding. But um, I know why is it, you know, know why you're doing things, too. Yeah. Right? Because if, if you know the why, if he, if he asks you why and you give him a legitimate answer. Yeah. There's another he can't be mad. Yep. And in the same way too, like the three main things is like get ahead of it and tell them ahead of time. Like yes. know what you're doing and tell them what you're working on. If they do ask you like to do something, you can always ask why. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is worst case scenario, say, okay, sounds good. And keep getting your swing off. And if you hit, they'll probably say, there you go. See, see what I mean? And everyone's happy. Yep. You still got your swing. They feel like they've helped, which they're trying to do. And everyone can uh, be happy. But at the end of the day, like, stay positive, trust the work, like you said. And, um, yeah, hopefully this can this can solve some some issues or even some fears that athletes have before they before they go get into their season as the season's the first start. And if you're a parent, video. Yeah, video it. Video that relationship. Like, have your, have your athlete tell you what they see in the video, and then you can give your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Have that, just like a hitting coach player, coach and player, like, have that collaboration. And it's just nice to have video. Yeah. Like, it's just really nice where you can see what's going on. Like, 100%. even today in our work, like, I felt like I was going forward, and we looked at video, and I was going forward. Then I stopped going forward, and I started shitting on the ball. Like, yep. 100%. 100%. No doubt. So, all right, there's another episode. Again, this is episode seven. Um, if this is your first episode you're watching, go back. we got a bunch of other episodes, some cool topics, whether it's swing stuff, coaching stuff, baseball history stuff. we got all types of topics. Just talking about everything and anything about baseball. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe to the channel. Comment below if you have thoughts, if you agree, disagree, if you like it, if there's a situation or a story where you think it might help someone listening or seeing the yeah, and ask questions in the comments. Maybe we, maybe we can get a topic from the comments. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So we're going to make more episodes. We got about a week and a little bit over a week before you leave. So we're going to try to crank out as many episodes as we can for the future. And uh, yeah, I'll try to zoom in during oh, yeah. during the season too. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, catch you on the next episode. Have a good one.